uh, <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, you know what? Grab, uh, go to Acts chapter 16. Time is, is flying by today, and that's okay. Time is moving quickly. Spent a little extra overtime here today in, in praise and worship, uh, and that's not just okay, I welcome it. I believe God moves in people's hearts. I believe the Holy Spirit can do some real supernatural things in praise and worship. And uh, I say, let it come. If it's led of the Spirit, let it come. And I trust that God has touched your heart today. So we won't have as much time this morning to go through all of which I had planned, but that is quite okay with me. Now in Acts chapter 16, I'm going to paraphrase just a little bit here just to sum up what's going on and then we'll, then we'll uh, jump over to verse 25 and just kind of give you an idea of what's happening here. But before I, I, I jump into this, um, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I like a good uh, action adventure movie. You know what I mean? Like, like I, don't, I don't want to sit down and watch any sappy love story. Sorry, honey. You know, she already knows that. You know, I don't like sitting down watching a whole, you know, a drama movie. Even sometimes it's okay. But you know what? A good adventure movie, you know? Where do I go and watch that? Where do I sign up to, you know, Indiana Jones, right? Uh, or, you know, something like that. Does anybody know what I'm saying? Like a good adventure movie? You with me? That's your favorite type of movie. Uh, Lord of the Rings, you know? Ah, it's a good adventure movie. Um, these adventure movies, you know, they're all full of excitement and suspense and surprise and danger. Reading through Acts chapter 16 is kind of like that, you know. Uh, Hollywood would do well, in fact, if someone hasn't done it already, I think you could make a good movie out of Acts chapter 16. You know, the Apostle Paul and his companions, man, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going on a, you know, on a ship and they're traveling to, they're trying to go and preach the gospel, but God stops them a couple times before they get it right, and, uh, and something dramatic happens right off the beginning. They had to circumcise Timothy ugh, as an adult ugh, with no anesthesia so they can go preach to the Jews. Ouch, you know, and this happens right off, this is like right away at the beginning of Acts 16. Ugh, what a way to open a movie. And this happens, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're going on their trip uh, to go preach the gospel. God stops them a couple times. Finally, they get it right. Paul has a vision. They go to Macedonia, and, uh, and then they go preach the gospel. This woman gets saved, her and her household. It's awesome. And they go somewhere else, and, and, uh, and then they run into this woman who's demon-possessed, and, and uh, because of this demon possession, she is somehow able to, to tell the future. Interesting. And, and there were these evil men who were exploiting her and using her to make money for themselves because she could read people's futures because of this evil spirit living with inside of her. And they run into her, and this woman is, is, is crying out to Paul and his companions, and they are, she's mocking them and, and yelling at them. And Paul eventually gets frustrated, and he casts the demon out of this woman. And, you know, it's in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And the, the demon leaves her. And all of a sudden, her, her owners, right? Because, again, she was making money for these guys, these evil guys. And the owners of this woman, back then they had slaves, people owned each other, you know, just... Read the New Testament, you'll find that out. And uh, uh, her owners got so mad because all of a sudden they realized they're going to lose the profit off this woman because Paul cast the demon out of her, right? And so they're upset, and so they order Paul and Silas to be captured. They're, the, the scripture says severely beaten and whipped and stripped of their clothes. And then after all that, if that wasn't enough, they threw them into prison, into the inner cell, the deepest, most inner cell of that prison, shackled their feet, and put a guard to watch over them. Wow. 
Can someone write a script for that and make a movie? <laughs> There's a lot going on there, isn't there? There's a lot of action, a lot of adventure. And really the essence of my message this morning is really, although most of us will not experience a lot of that, thankfully, I guess, but the reality is when we come to Christ, when we surrender to Christ, when we give our all to him, there's an element of adventure that comes into our lives as we walk with God. Amen? There's an element of excitement There's an element of sometimes surprise. We don't know what's coming. There's an element of danger. There's an element of hardships. This is all all true, isn't it? When we come to, and some of you have been walking with God for a while, you've surrendered your heart to Christ, you've been truly walking with him, and you know what I'm talking about. You know, when I was younger, I used to to drive my dad nuts. I remember this growing up as an only child. Uh, in Toronto, okay, in, in Scarborough area of Toronto, there's just an apartment building. You know, you, what am I going to do? I got no one to play with. I'm stuck inside the apartment building. You know, can't go outside and play on the street. That's not going to happen, right? It's big, you know, almost like a freeway in front of the house. You know, go outside. That doesn't happen. What are you going to do? You're in your little apartment or whatever. You know, and, and I used to drive my dad nuts. I remember this, and uh, and maybe you parents can relate to this. I don't know, Dad. I'm bored. You don't ever hear that from their kids. I'm bored. I've got nothing to do. <laughs> what can we do? There's nothing to do. I'm bored. So drive them nuts. What do you mean you're bored? Go do something. What do you want me to do about it, right? Find something to do. Of course, he grew up in, you know, in a place where just go outside and play with sticks. I don't know, right? But I'm bored, right? And I used to drive him nuts. I used to drive him nuts. And he always remembered that. I remember dad always remembers because I, I'm just like ADD child. I was bored so quickly, right? And anyways, I'm, I'm sure you guys are shocked. Um, but it's interesting, 18 years ago, I'm, I'm just thinking about it this week, it's 18 years ago, this fall, I gave my heart to Christ. Wow, thank you, Lord. Yeah, that's awesome. Just as a teenager, but you know what? I mean, I didn't grow up in church. 18 years ago, I gave my heart to Christ. That's a lot, I can't even believe it. It's, time's going by quick. But you know what's interesting? I'll talk to my dad on the phone sometimes, and he'll always, he'll bring that up every once in a while. He'll remember when I'm a kid, always complaining I'm bored, always bored to tears, always, you know. But you know what? 18 years ago, I made a decision. I gave my heart to Christ, and I can honestly say I have not been bored since. It's too much to live for. There's, you know, there's, there's too much. Yeah, I got saved, and God just, he started putting his plans and purposes inside of me. And, and by God's, hello. Hang on. I don't like these things. <laughs> and by God's, you know, grace and his mercy, those plans and purposes, I began to live out. No time for, I don't have time to be bored. You know, I, I, I'm too busy living the life that God has called me to live, his plans, his purposes, the things he's put within me, you know, the thing he's put deep inside of me. As I live that out and follow Christ and do my best to live in obedience to him, you know what? Life is not only just not boring, life becomes an adventure, right? Just like this good old uh, adventure movie uh, that, I, that I'm talking about, or inside Acts chapter 16, maybe not as dramatic, but I can tell you right now that living a life for Christ, living in obedience to him, following him, 
Truly, truly surrendering yourself to him is not a dull, boring life. In fact, it's an exciting life. It's an adventurous life. It's a hard life. It's a difficult life, but it's full of God's presence and his power, and it's worth every minute, amen? That's what it is when you come to Christ. It's interesting because, you know, sometimes we're a little afraid to talk about it because people might get the wrong impression. You know, is life in Christ supposed to be exhilarating or adventurous? I believe it is. Now, that doesn't mean that everything's going to go smooth, right? That doesn't mean you're not going to run into hardships or problems or challenges or difficulties, stress. You're going to run into all of those things. But you know what? Again, when you come to Christ, you are, you know, just, you have, it's available to all of us, God's presence and his power and his strength to help us through those things. Anyone say amen to that? Well, we read in Acts chapter 16, they went through an awful lot of things. They went through an awful lot of things, and then they end up in this prison. You know, John 10.10, just to backtrack just for a second, if you want a scripture verse to kind of back up what I'm saying today. You know, Jesus says in John 10.10 that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come to give life abundantly. Abundant life. Life to the full. Now, this is not just eternal life. Well, that is certainly a huge part of it. I love how the message, uh, the message Bible brings out the truth. He says, I come so that they can have real and eternal life. Real life, right? And eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, again, that doesn't mean, you know, more riches. That doesn't mean more affluence or, or more fame or richness or anything like that. But I can tell you right now, if I go outside these doors and I run into someone who's got all kinds of money, who's got all the money that this town or this city or this province can offer, but they don't have Jesus, I can tell you right now that my life is far more richer than theirs. Amen? It is. It's full of meaning, full of purpose, full of excitement, challenge, but full of the presence of God. And not because... I'm so holy or so great, but because he avails it to us and we just have to receive it and we just have to respond to his grace and to who he is, amen? So that's available to all of us today and I suppose in the time that we have and we're gonna fly through these things really, really quick here today, if, if you're a note-taking person and I encourage you to do so because we all know that people who take notes are more guaranteed to get into heaven. So if you wanna take notes and you need a title today for the sermon, and that would be the title, you can put it in on the top, is Cure for the Mundane Life, and it's simply Following Jesus. <laughs> Cure for the Mundane Life, let me tell you right now, you know, hey, before I was a believer, before I gave my heart to Christ, my life, I mean, yeah, I was younger, but I can tell you right now, life was not great, okay? Life was pretty full of, you know, just, just, Nothing. It was no purpose, no meaning, no direction, no sense of, of belonging in the world whatsoever. You know, I was you know, talking about how important it is to pray for our students going back to school. Man, I was that kid as a teenager who was very insecure, unsure of himself, didn't know, you know, just trying to fit in like so many teenagers, most teenagers do, right, to whatever extent. But you know, God comes on the scene, I give my heart to him, and all of a sudden, there's direction, there's purpose, there's meaning, there's that adventure, there, you know, all of those things come with serving Christ, and it's a wonderful thing. And so you know what, if you're here today, and you don't know Jesus, you don't know him, and you would say today, you know what, yeah, my life lacks a little bit of meaning, it lacks purpose, it lacks direction. 
maybe a little mundane. Lacks hope. How about that? Jesus is our answer today, friends. Giving your heart to him is the answer to all those things today. Maybe you're a believer today, and you would say, you know, kind of the same thing. Yes, you know, I've given my heart to Christ, but I do find that I lack purpose. I lack meaning. I lack direction. I long for those things. I wish I had more of that. Well, friends, today, I believe that Jesus wants to pour in his Holy Spirit's presence, his power, his direction in your life as we open ourselves up to him. You know, there's an old hymn in the church that we sing. We, we prayed this earlier. I'm not sure who prayed it uh, in our time earlier this morning. Um, you know, the song, I Surrender All, right? It's a wonderful song. It's probably one of my favorite hymns, older hymns. Um, it was in the key of C. We could have did it up here today. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's in the right key. Um, you know, I surrender all. Have you ever done this? I don't know. I, I found myself doing this with this song, that I'm, I'm either in the congregation or on the platform singing it. I surrender all. And there's this little gut check in my heart. Darren, are you really? You know? Do you really surrender all? Whoa. Oh man, I don't know, right? Lord, help me to if I'm not. Because I know when I surrender it all to you, ultimately, you're going to work all those things for my good, right? Sometimes surrendering stuff to Christ is hard. Sometimes we, we, uh, we don't want to give up. We don't want, you know, and sometimes it's not even sin issues. Sometimes Jesus might ask you to do something that if you didn't do it, wouldn't be considered sin as far as any of us can see, right? But he may ask you of something, and you don't want to do it. What then? I'm telling you right now, if you want to live a life full of purpose, full of meaning, full of direction and, and, and excitement in, in Christ, you need to surrender everything to him. And then God can do all of those things in your life. Then the adventure begins and becomes crazy, exciting, challenging, but full of his presence and power. You know what I'm saying? Earlier in this chapter, we didn't read it. Timothy, I mean, I, made, I kind of half-joked, but you know, God has a call on his life, and, uh, and what do they do? They circumcise him. It was already established one chapter earlier in Acts 15 that Gentiles did not need to be circumcised in order to be Christians, in order to be leaders, in order to be anything. You know, they don't need to be. Uh, you know, Jesus uh, came and, and, and just, you know, he, he, they, he saved them. They didn't have to follow those traditions anymore, the Jewish customs and traditions of the day. And then one chapter later, here's Timothy volunteering himself to be circumcised as an adult with no anesthesia. What is happening in this picture, Right? Obviously, <laughs> God was asking him of something. Will you give up this, I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to make light, but, you know, would you give up this important thing or this area in order to serve me? Would you give up this in order to do my will? Would you give up, I'm asking, you know, I mean, God's never asked anything like that for me, but you know what, there's been other things <laughs> That Jesus has asked of me, he's, you know, he's wanted me to do, 
at times, and maybe you can relate, there's been stuff that God was asking of me that if I didn't, no one would have known, the, you know, known anything about it. You know what I mean? No one would have thought any less of me. No one would have thought I was any less holy because this is not a sin issue, but God is asking me to do something, to give up something, to do whatever it is, and I just don't want to do it. Has anyone been there? None? No, you're all, you're all so much holier than I am. I can tell you that much. Okay. I'm sure we've, a lot of us have been there. But really, at the end of the day, I'm thankful that in a lot of those occasions, by God's grace, some of those decisions that were really hard, I was able to say, yes, Lord, not your will, but, you know, not my will, but your will be done. You know, just as Jesus, right? Jesus went through this. Hello, right? Jesus in the garden. He was agonizing in the garden. He didn't want to do what the Father, he didn't want to do what the Father was asking him to do. But Jesus surrenders to the will of the Father and says, not my will, but your will be done. Right? There's times in our lives where God asks us to do certain things. And when we obey him, and when we say, your will be done, not mine, that puts us on a track, an adventurous track, a God, you know, full of his presence and Holy Spirit's power track to live an adventurous, exciting life in Christ. Amen? We see that in the scriptures. We see that in Acts 16. And so Paul and Timothy and Silas and no doubt Luke and, you know, their companions, they're going on these journeys, these ministry journeys, and all this crazy stuff is happening. People are being saved. You know, they're setting people free of demonic spirits, you know, and all this, this stuff. And then they get thrown into prison. Wow. You know what? Living an adventurous life, exciting life for Christ isn't always rosy. It's full of hardships. It's full of misunderstanding. Has anyone ever done the right thing, the godly thing, done God's will, and have been either misunderstood or persecuted for it? A lot of people, yep, I've been there, you know. And as was alluded to earlier, man, there's people in the world today who are certainly going through exactly what these believers went through in the early, you know, in the early church. Beaten, killed, thrown in prison for their faith. That's happening, we might not experience that today, but I can tell you right now that if you... You know, if you say, okay, sign me up. I want to live for Jesus. I'm going to give my heart to him. I'm going to surrender all. I want to have that live in that purpose. I want to live in that adventure. I want that type of life that Jesus says he'll give me, you know, an abundant life. If I walk with him, sign me up. Yes, amen. Well, I'm telling you right now that if you persist in doing God's will, you persist in doing good, you will be persecuted. You will be misunderstood, right? It's why Jesus tells us, or rather, Paul tells us in Galatians 5, or no, no, that's not the scripture. Uh, <laughs> where is it? Somewhere in the Bible. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I am nowhere in my notes at all, friends. I just, it's in, okay, it's in Galatians. I thought it was. <laughs> Paul tells us in Galatians, you know, to, to not get weary in well-doing, right? Why does he tell us that? Because we do get weary in well-doing, right? It gets hard after a while when you're just misunderstood, when you're persecuted, used and abused, whatever, right? You will go through hardships and troubles as you serve Christ. It will happen. It'll happen. Where's Andrea? Not my wife, Andrea. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, hon. There's a lot of Andreas here, by the way. So... <laughs> Andrew, and worship team, you'll be ready in a minute to come on up. Andrew's just going to come up and play for a moment here. 
You know, one of the things that, um, that has concerned me, I suppose, over the years as a pastor and just, you know, in a pastor, what, what, what is, what's a pastor? What, what is our really our calling? Is, is, is to be a shepherd, an overseer, right? And as a shepherd, you know, if you study anything about shepherds, you know, they, they care for their flock. They help them to avoid danger. They help them to, to stay where they need to be and to protect them. One of the concerns I suppose I've had over the years as I, as I just kind of, you know, hey, I'm up on the platform often, right? And, 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 and I mean, I'm not, this is not about individuals. I'm not thinking about any individuals. But sometimes you look out and you get a sense of God's people. Hopefully you do as a shepherd. Hopefully all of us do as pastors and shepherds in this place. Lord, what are you doing in people's lives? Where, 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 where are they at with you? Where, what are you doing in our church? What, you know what I mean? And, and as pastors, we pray into that and we try to get a sense of where people are at and where God is at. And hopefully that we're sensitive to his spirit. And one of the things that has concerned me, I suppose, a little bit is that many of us can come in the house of God and we're going through a situation. We've given our hearts to Christ. We're on that journey. We're on that adventure. But we've run into whatever hardship it is, whatever circumstance it is, um, it, it could, you know, the list is endless of troubles and hardships and difficulties that we go through. And whatever it is, you know, you're on that race with God, you're on that adventure, but you run into the hardships, and then we come into the house of God, and we, we know we need a touch from God. We know we are desperate for His intervention in our lives. But we come into the house of God, and we don't open our mouths. What? We come into the house of God and we stay silent. Do you know there's a biblical precedent all throughout the Bible, and we're going to see it here in a minute as we read through the end of Acts 16, that we are not to be silent. It teaches us throughout the Bible to cry out in desperation for God. It's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an example over and over again through the Psalms, throughout the entire Bible. The Bible says that, you know what, the rocks will cry out in praise if we don't. You know what, let's, let's, just, let's just pick it up, Acts 16. We haven't even read anything yet. Let's get to Acts 16. Verse 25. Again, Paul and Silas were locked in prison after being beaten severely. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Okay, cut. Stop there for a second. After being severely beaten, flogged, stripped of their clothes, imprisoned, shackled, feet, what are they doing? They're singing praises to God. And they're praying. Okay, hold that thought. <laughs> Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for the lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas and, uh, and he brought them out and asked, sirs, what's, what must I do to be saved? That's a great question. 
They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed them. The jailer now took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before him. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, him and his whole household. Wow. I don't know what you're going through today, what situation you find yourself in. I'm not making light. I'm sure it can be tough. And to us, whatever it is we go through can be hard because it's it's here, right? For a moment, let's put ourselves in Paul and Silas's shoes. Physically, what they were going through was tough. I mean, outside of an intervention from heaven itself, they were not getting out of there, right? Like they were dead meat. (laughs) They were dead. Um, So what was their response? They prayed and they praised. They prayed and they praised. They didn't do so silently. It says here that they prayed and they praised. By the way, praise is always seen or heard. Just just FYI, praise is not praise unless it's seen or heard. Try to praise up your son or daughter for a job well done later, silently, motionlessly. They won't have a clue what's going on. Praise is always seen or heard, okay? Praise, they prayed and they praised. They did not do it quietly. In fact, it says all the prisoners heard them. Now, I'm not saying that if you pray and you praise immediately, God's just going to just come and go poof, you know, and all your problems are as soon as you sing. I'm not saying it's, it, it's a principle. It's not a promise here, okay? But it's a principle that's repeated all throughout Scripture that when we pray to God, when we cry out to Him, when we open our mouths and when we praise Him, He's worthy of our praise no matter what we're going through. When we praise Him and we sing to Him and we pray to Him and cry out, that you know what? It takes our focus off of where we're at, our problems, our situations, and it puts it on the one who has the power and the authority to actually change the situations. And sometimes we come into the house of God with these these problems and these trials and these circumstances and they're tough. And then we come and we just sit down and we're so down and we don't open our mouths. And I understand sometimes it's hard, but this is why the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise. To come in and sing praises no matter what I'm feeling like. You know, there's a truth in singing. It's an interesting quote. I want to just find it somewhere in these notes. just about singing just doing a little research and uh, these notes are everywhere but anyways he's talking about the power of songs and the truth he says songs help truth travel down to the heart and the use of music the language of the heart helps speed that process the objective truths we get from biblical songs challenge our subjective feelings our theology addresses our experience what is he saying that basically the truth And these songs and these praises that we're singing up here today are challenging our feelings, are challenging our situation. They're helping to realign our focus and our thoughts and where our minds and our spirits are. Because how many know it's easy to get down when we're going through stuff? It really is. As we see in the example of Scripture, Paul and Silas, they prayed and they praised. Let's get the worship team to come up here right now. Come on up, guys. Now, I was on the guitar for the worship team earlier, but... uh, not for the next few moments. <laughs> in 
and again, this has been a concern for me because, you know, as a pastor, I see people suffering. I can see it on some of your faces. I can see some of the hurt and disappointment. And what I want to tell you today is you need to, you need to open your mouth. You need to praise. You need to praise Him. You need to not be silent. You need to just shout out to God, you know what, to say, you know what, in you, Christ, I can do all things. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You be, those are promises, by the way. Those aren't just principles. Those are promises. And then as you proclaim his praises, as you shout out to God, and as you cry out to him, you know what? Faith will arise in your heart. It'll give you a new hope. It'll give you strength to keep going. Come on now. If you don't leave church strengthened after you come here, it's not because the pastor didn't preach well. It's not because the worship team didn't do well. It's because you didn't enter in well. I'm telling you right now, you need to enter in to the praises and worship of Almighty God. And when you do that, He will pour in His strength. He will pour in His plans, His purposes, His power to help you to keep going, to help you to move on into whatever God has called you. And uh, you know what? We're winding up here, and this is good, because there's a ministry fair down the hallway. We're going to get there in a second. <laughs> but we all bow our heads and close our eyes just for the next few moments, okay? We're going to get you out here in a minute. We're talking about living an exciting life in Christ. A cure for the mundane life is really life in Christ. But really what it comes down to is obedience. It comes down to surrendering your rights. Sometimes doing things you don't want to do. God's asking you to do something hard. You've got to do it anyways. We do all these things. I can, I can tell you right now, you will live an adventure fold life of faith in Christ. But inevitably, you run into issues, hardships, problems. The solution to all of that is our praise. Praise can be a problem for our problem, friends. <laughs> and some of you today need to, need to do that. But you know what? Before I do that, if there's anybody here, you would say, you know what? My life is a little mundane. My life is lacking hope. My life is lacking purpose. My life is lacking some meaning. My life is lacking that power to just know that I can just continue on in God. You know what? Maybe you're here today. You don't know Christ. You would be lacking those things. And if there's anybody here, even right now in the sound of my voice, I'm going to give a call. If you want to give your heart to Christ right this morning, you say, I lack all those things. I want to give my heart to Jesus. If that's you, slip up your hand right now, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'll pray for you. Yes, sir, I see your hand few hands in the back absolutely I see your hand sir yes sir three I believe there was three gentlemen and a lady in the back you raised your hand I want to pray for you right now why don't you just ask Christ into your heart right now as I pray and you can even repeat after me or repeat after me dear Jesus I invite you in my heart today I give you my life I give you my future I ask that you would forgive me of my sin, forgive me of living my own way and doing my own thing. Help me to live for you, to honor you. And would you give me hope and a future? Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, all of the angels in heaven are rejoicing today if you prayed that and meant it. 
if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I encourage you to talk to a pastor afterwards, myself, or one of the prayer team that'll be up front here, okay? We're gonna have a, a little prayer team. Come talk with someone. T- tell them of your decision to invite Christ in. But just in this moment here, everyone is still heads down and eyes closed. We've got one more call here today, okay? Maybe you're a believer today and you would say, you know what, Pastor Darren, I've signed up for this life of faith. I've been on that adventure. But the circumstances in that adventure are now getting tough, are now getting hard. And they could be numerous as the sands on the, on the, on the beach, really, how much stuff we can go through. You know, you're a believer, you're on that adventure, but life has become a little mundane. Life has become hard. You've lacked some meaning, some purpose perhaps in your life. I don't know what it is, but if that speaks to any of you today, would you slip up your hand? You need, you need a fresh dose of God's plan, purpose, keep them up. A fresh dose of God's plan, purpose, direction, meaning, power in your life. If that's you, hands up. Keep them up, because I'm gonna pray. Because you know what? All of us, friends, can get in that place sometime. So this is not a judgmental thing because I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm not there now, but I'll keep my hands up with you. Let's pray all together. Dear Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. Hands up all throughout the building. God, that you would fill them with your presence, fill them with your power, fill them, Lord, with hope, fill them, Lord, with strength today. Lord, help them to understand that their praises and their prayers make a difference, Lord, in their own lives and the lives of others as well. Lord, help each one of us, Lord, to not stay silent when we come into the house of the Lord, but God, that we'd be a people of prayer, increasingly so. Lord, we'd be a people of praise, increasingly so. God, we would be increasingly a people of worship and know what it is to praise God in the middle of whatever storm or trial comes our way, because God, when we praise you and worship you and pray in the storms, Lord. You will fill us with strength and hope. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. Thank you, Lord, for the example of Scripture. And for my brothers and sisters, God, I pray you'd pour in that direction, that purpose, that sense of meaning in them. And God, I pray that they would not stay silent in their praises. God, that they would just come into the house of God and just let loose in their prayers, in their praises. And Lord, I believe you will pour into them so much. And not just in the house of God, but wherever we go. In our prayer times at home, when we pray with our families, whatever it is, Lord Jesus, help us today to not stay silent. Don't stay, hey, it's quiet in here. I'm talking about not being silent. (laughs) We're gonna close with a song, and I encourage you today. I don't know what we're going to sing. Maybe I do need to jump on the guitar. I don't know. We're going to close with a song, but you know what? I want you guys, just in the next couple moments, you're free to go after this. But if you feel that, you know what? I need to stay. This is going to sound a little weird. There's a, there's a, <laughs> we were joking around earlier. This is kind of get your praise on. If you want to stay and get your praise on, okay? If you want to stay and praise God for a few moments, if something in this message has spoke to you, say, you know what? I, I, I don't want to be silent. I want to lift my voice to heaven. And by the way, by the way, FYI, in the scripture verse, it's interesting how Paul and Silas' praise has not only healed and released them, but it freed a pile of other people as well. You know, you not keeping silent, you speaking out, praising, prayers, not only affect your life, 
but it can free a bunch of other people as well. Maybe even me and my loud mouth being real loud today is maybe freeing some of you guys. <laughs> I pray that it be the case. So the team is going to lead us in just a moment. What's that? Sounds good. They're going to lead us in a song. You're free to go. If you want to stay in praise, absolutely go ahead. May God just be with you this week. Uh, may he just pour out his spirit presence upon you. Head to the ministry fair afterwards. You know, part of living an adventureful life for God as well is getting plugged in, doing stuff. Get moving for the kingdom, amen? Head on down to the fellowship hall. God bless you. Have a great week.